This episode is brought to you by Peacock, presenting critically acclaimed originals, Poker Face, Mrs. Davis, Bupkiss, and a Friend of the Family, plus unscripted gems, The Traitors, and The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. For your Emmy consideration, stream them now, only on Peacock. Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. This is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Well, today we're going to be discussing the contender for best drama series. Because it's why, why Peter had that tremendous dramatic pause starting off. Yeah. <laughs> I already know that Dominic has awarded every Emmy to a certain series. You probably know what that is here. But you know what? There are a lot of deserving contenders here, and never say never, I say, to all of you that aren't succession. We're going to talk about that, though, and uh, you're also going to hear a snippet from Dominic's conversation with the cast and creators of one of those shows, a brand new one called Mrs. Davis. It was recorded in April, long before the writer's strike, at our annual Contenders event, and you're going to hear that as part of our uh uh, podcast today, as well as our thoughts on who might take the uh, lead acting Emmys for drama series too. Now, look, I mean, Peter kind of gave it away. I think there's one <laughs> show that will rule them all. It's not going to be anything with rings in it, but it is going to be, no disrespect, Lord of the Rings, but I'd be clear, Succession is going to win this. Succession is going to clean up. It's going to clean up in actors and actresses categories. It's going to clean up all over, as Logan Roy would hope, with any stock market merger. This is the show. The Jesse Armstrong satire on HBO just wrapped up after after an amazing run. Lots of awards over the years. The real question is, is not is Succession going to win in Best Drama Series, but exactly how the, uh, the acting categories are going to go, because you're going to have so many people like Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong and all against each other. But this is going to be Succession's year again. Having said that, there are many other shows that could or could not be nominated, and okay. I am so often wrong about most. Okay, Succession, that's fine. But there is another one, a stablemate, as they say in the business, at HBO, uh, and one that actually won more Emmys than Succession did last year and actually had more nominations. It had 20 nominations or something like that. It won 10 Emmys. It was in the limited series category, yes. though, because... It was considered a limited series, but then it was so successful, they turned it into a regular series with different casts, except that they a cast, uh, this is, of course, The White Lotus, they cast Jennifer Coolidge to come back, and I guess that's what triggered it, because what's the deal? Maybe you can explain this to me, Dominic. Why can't it still be a limited series? It's a totally new cast. American Horror Story got away with that year after year after year because they kept. Well, I would, it. I would say, I would say, Peter, for one thing, a White Lotus is a contender, yes, for sure. B, this, uh, this, this is a nice sleight of hand for HBO, no matter how you play it, either way, Succession <laughs> or White Lotus. HBO is still going to get to put it up on the scoreboard. But then I'd also say, like, you know, when you come in, you have to play in the big leagues. And look, limited series anthology is a great category, a lot of quality there. But, you know, the thing is, you are kind of a one and done, unless you're a Ryan Murphy show, in which case you just keep showing up year after year. So White Lotus is in a different place here. I cannot really explain this mystery because I think that the Academy plays fast and loose on this one a lot. I think that they allow people to 
make a promise, so to speak, and there's a nudge and a wink, and then they kind of go back on the promise and they let them do it. So it goes round and round and round. To me, if a show comes back, it's not a limited series. And I don't care if every character changes but one or every character changes and it's a whole new story, et cetera, et cetera. Your messaging and branding is the title of your show and that's your show. So if it's American Horror Story New York or if it's American Horror Story Bottom of the Bottle, it's still an American <laughs> Horror Story. White Lotus here, no disrespect there, White Lotus here is 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 at least staying honest to its, its creed insofar as that it's making this a movable feast. Jennifer Connelly, will, Jennifer, will, of course, will not be back. Not Jennifer Connelly, but Jennifer Coolidge will not be back next year because, well, fell off a boat. May, I mean, I don't know. Flashback. Maybe, maybe it's a prequel. I don't know the next one. But the way I, the way I think what Mike White's doing here is he's got a very smart idea using luxury resorts and hotels as a backdrop for intrigue. However, the intrigue has to be with the TV Academy about this limited limited series anthology thing because yeah. it is a it, it is a mystery, but it's also to be honest, it's not fair. It just isn't fair because it's being it's being exploited, it's being abused, and the standard is such a shifting one that I think there's a lot of times you know you and I talk about it, other people talk about it. You don't really know where a show goes. You know, I mean, yeah. do you get to go in that category if your show got canceled? I mean, you know, maybe you're limited now, pal. Well, they've tried that. They have definitely done that. And they've always found a way to sneak these things around. Downton Abbey was one of the original ones here. It was a limited series. Then it went to series. But you know what? Those are the same people. I don't think White Lotus is. I don't think it belongs in this category. I do think it belongs in limited series where I do think it would have won again. And maybe they don't want that. But nevertheless, here we are. And they've got Succession's final thing. And that's all anybody talked about. Plus, we got to remember, White Lotus came out much earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. And so Academy members have a hard time remembering what they did yesterday. So of they course, may I'll, also, I'll also say this. White Lotus is coming back. For another it, round. It too, is. And it's going to so, be a so whole. It, it, might, it might be the owner of this category next year. It's going to be a whole new cast in Thailand, I, I believe. That, but, yeah. you know, look, I love White Lotus. Uh, I, I can't reveal what I'm going to vote for, but that's one really high on my list, I have to say. And you know what else is? Hmm. Better call Saul. Yeah. I got to tell you. <laughs> hey, you're not going to hear any disagreement from me. No, this poor show has never won here, and they split the final season into two seasons. So we have yeah. the second half of what's really the final season here. Uh, but, let's be, but let's be clear, too. That is, that, is a, that is a tried and true AMC strategy. They yeah, did it with is. Mad Men. They did it with Breaking Bad. I mean, it doesn't really matter for awards, but they did it with The Walking Dead. And, like, this is how they have elongated their 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 uh, their prestige shows to get as much as they can out of them for as long as they can. It's a, it's a smart move. I mean, it definitely worked with Breaking Bad and 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 Mad Men. So let's see where it goes. I'll also yeah. say though this year I think I think there might be a few shows, you know, Better Call Saul deserves everything. And I think it has been it has been unlucky for lack of a better expression. And you know, I don't like often to say that because I don't know how much I think luck actually plays a role in the world, but you know, it's hard to imagine that at least in the category itself of best drama, that they're going to get much traction. They're going to get a nomination, I believe. But whether or not yeah. they're going to get a win with succession in, in the race or what Lotus in the race is hard. I'll also throw out a couple of things that I think are also might be a surprise. 
I don't think you're going to see The Handmaid's Tale or The Crown really knocking it out in this category this year. You don't? I don't. I think, wow. I think you're going to see another HBO show, which is The Last of Us, uh, which has blown blown expectations both creatively and in terms of audiences. Wait a minute. Does that have, have zombies? Does that have zombies in it? Uh, it has fungus heads, like okay. zombies. It's dystopian. Right. I would point you, know, you to the success of The Walking Dead in this category, but yeah, uh, but but I think in this case, this show has has under HBO's uh, handling of it, unlike AMC's, it has. And I'm a big Walking Dead fan, but it has it has shown it has an appeal that really really cuts both in terms of its creativity as well as its mass appeal. Hey, for one thing, it's already won in the opinion of best best adaptation of a video game. But I do think Last of Us has really good potential to do here. But I'll tell you two other things I think have a potential to do here. Prime Video's The Boys, which I think is really poised now. It's the only Prime Video show that really charts, for lack of a better expression. And another one of those Yellowstone spinoffs, 1923, kind of got two people in it you might have heard of, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And Disney's Star Wars prequel prequel, Andor. Which uh, I really right. think, yeah, I really think Andor is actually, I mean, I know I've mentioned the boys and, you know, maybe the category doesn't have enough room for multi-genre between The Last of Us, The Boys and Andor, but I think they're all strong players here for nominations. I agree with you. I think Andor is different enough. Tony Gilroy's behind it. Uh, it's it's not so much a Star Wars thing as it is a spy kind of thriller. You know, it it, it crosses genres very uh, carefully. Diego Luna's terrific in it. Um, uh, I would suggest that that's got a good shot. Um, you, when you ben- mentioned Prime, I'm thinking, you know what they would love? They would love Lord of the Rings for all the money they spent yeah. on that show <laughs> to get in, but it won't. Um, and a number of... of you know, shows that we've seen in the past, like Westworld will not come up here or Perry Mason or Your Honor or Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. I don't see that. I mean, uh, I think I think that we also have to say, if you're going to give a couple of names like Succession, White Lotus, that are definitely in, you have to give Yellow Jackets. I mean, they're, they're in the race. I was sure. just going to do that. I was just going to say Yellow Jackets, which had a really strong second season. And it's, you know, inevitably will go on to a third. It had a lot of surprises. I think it caught on ratings wise as well. You know, so that's one of those shows kind of primed to uh, uh, be in this list as well. And a newcomer called The Diplomat, I hear a lot of people talking about that. It's on uh, Netflix. And uh, that's Harry with Russell, um, my Harry that's Russell. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that could sneak in. It it, it, it uh, has a lot of fans out there that I've, uh, I've talked to. But I do think The Crown and I think Handmaid's Tale just get in just because they are what they are. And, um, you know, uh, voters can be lazy. When they go down yeah. these lists, and they're not. I mean, I've argued with you about this long enough. You proved you, you proved me wrong a long time ago, so I wouldn't <laughs> doubt you might prove me wrong here. Having I said know. that, why don't you? Why don't we talk a little bit about some people I were talking to at our last contenders event? Oh yeah, who who were those people? It's a new show. It's a new show. Yeah, it's uh, well. Look, Ms. Davies is is well. It, we will talk about it when we get to talking to limited series anthologies. Um, you know what? I'm just going to let, as I say, I'm just going to let it all do the talking. But it is, uh, it's a pretty amazing show. If we say that Poker Face is the breakout show for Peacock, this is the show that just 
it captures you unexpectedly. I mean, nuns and full habits on motorcycles already, you're kind of there. And then you throw in some AI and it feels pretty poignant. You've got some of the people behind Lost. You've got uh, Tara Hernandez uh, in her first showrunner uh, role in this. You've got the amazing Betty Gilpin. I mean, what's there not to like, man? I, I like it. Let, let's take a look at it. And afterwards, we're going to come back and talk about those lead actor and lead actress categories uh, for drama series. So here, take a look at Dominic's Contenders interview shot last April uh, at our Contenders event before the writers strike. Here is Mrs. Davis. This episode is brought to you by Peacock, presenting critically acclaimed originals for your consideration. Stream hits like Poker Face, the comedic mystery series from Ryan Johnson, starring Natasha Lyonne. Mrs. Davis, the epic quest, starring Betty Gilpin, from Tara Hernandez and Damon Lindelof. Bupkis, the semi-autobiographical series starring Pete Davidson, Edie Falco, and Joe Pesci. And the limited series, A Friend of the Family, from Nick Antosca. Plus, don't miss unscripted gems like The Traitors and the Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Stream it all only on Peacock. Nazis on bikes, nuns in bunkers. Donuts? We're good. Pretty straightforward. Okay. Absent context. That's that mm, insane. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. So um, you guys co-created the show together. Um, give us a sense of how you came up with the show. And I've seen a number of the episodes. It's amazing. It's great. You should watch it. But it's out there. <laughs> it's out there. And it's incredibly, as I said in the introduction, it's incredibly poignant because you guys are really hitting the bullseye about AI. Give us a little bit of a sense about what Ms. Davis is about and how you guys developed it, because you did it during the pandemic. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Damon and I were sort of first paired up creatively in early 2020. And uh, we had one meeting. And then uh, two days later, you know, California went into lockdown. So. We, uh, you know, did most of the, the creative over the phone or using technology and really it was a time for us to just sort of talk about the things that were making us anxious. And, you know, of course we were trying to navigate this, you know, global event, but also talking about, you know, just our anxiety around tech and how reliant, especially during that time, we became on our phones and on information or misinformation we were getting through our phones. And, you know, it just felt like it, it, it was timely then. And, you know, we sort of thought like, that's, that's a great uh, thing to kind of keep exploring creatively. I had written a script uh, where, where nuns were, were the heroes, were the leads, and, and Damon thought, Nuns were pretty cool. I think we both agreed on that. And we thought, you know, <laughs> we're going to have this. I don't have a weird thing for nuns. No. I, just, I think they are cool. Sounds like you do. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> nuns are, I mean, nuns are cool. They nuns are cool. are cool. Yeah, especially when Betty is. is in yeah. There's a thing at the beginning, which I won't reveal, but they're uber cool, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um, essentially uh, when Tara and I were talking in those early days, we are sort of like, are you washing your groceries? Are you disinfecting your groceries? And Tara just said, I wish there was an app on our phone that just told us what to do and that it was something that we could trust. And that was the, sort of the beginning of this idea, which is we, you know, we, we sort of like looked down the barrel of the, of the algorithmic gun and realized we're not that far off from Siri or Alexa not telling us what the weather is or, uh, or how to get from A to B, but whether or not we should get a divorce or quit our job or find purpose in our lives or be our therapist. And once those things started to happen, we would be in a lot of trouble because we would be 
you know, we would stop relying on one another and start relying on something that was essentially trying to sell us something. Now, speaking of relying, you and Betty, who've worked together before, reunited. Um, Betty, you are a powerhouse, and we all know it. So, a round of applause, please. And then, when you see Ms. Davis, you'll like you'll you'll stand up in your living room and clap. Trust me. Um, but this is a very different role for you uh, yeah. than you've done before. And and I know that you know you guys had spoken and 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 kind of talked about different things you wanted to do. But again, the pandemic played a role in you sort of being like, yeah, I want more for my career, and I want more room for what I can do as a creative person. Yeah, I think. Um I, I had a baby in November 2020, and that, uh, you know, as it changes everyone's life when they have a baby, I really just started to think about, okay, I really want to say something with my work or try to do, you know, I think I maybe was protecting myself uh, mentally from not achieving my dreams of just like, I aim low as a person. And I was like, I want to aim high if the world comes back. Um, and I remember texting Damon, uh, during the pandemic, just asking uh, how you were and what you were working on. And my husband was like, you're fishing for your next job. I was like, I am not I'm asking my friend what he's doing. The two um, are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and um, then when uh, you told me about what a genius Tara was and sent me the script, uh, it's the most absurd, beautiful braid of a thousand genres I've ever read. And uh, I was in from page one, for sure. Now. Let's talk a little bit about the development of this because Terry, you're the showrunner, and and you know obviously Damon, you, you know, you've been a showrunner on a couple of little things that people have seen now and then, right? Um, give a sense of the dynamic and the dynamic of the room because you know again, we're kind of casting forward a little bit because the, sh the show hasn't dropped yet on Peacock, but there's a lot of Betty Betty alluded to it. There's a lot of genres here playing simultaneously. So how did you guys kind of put again? I guess I suppose you're your narrative algorithm together to figure out where the show was and where it was going to go. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, we conceived the show as, as a drama. You know, we knew it was going to be one hour. We knew we were going to tackle these themes, like I said, that were making us feel anxious. And certainly when we introduced, you know, this is a nun and, you know, this is also going to be a faith story, sort of this collision of, you know, faith versus technology. And already those themes can like kind of feel ugh, like that is really heavy. And especially, you know, because of the pandemic, we we knew that we just, we wanted to do something brighter, that we wanted to give people lift. Um, so we always knew that, yes, while we were gonna, you know, kind of have something to say, as Betty, Betty mentioned, we were gonna do so sort of on this, you know, really like a beautifully sparkly cookie as well that like maybe was hiding vitamins inside of it, right? So, you know, we knew- The LA dream. Ugh, right, I mean. It's out there. Someone's opening that bakery. Probably on Melrose. Right now, <laughs> next to like an Ivy store. Um, but we, uh, so so it always was our intention to to tackle this with with those themes. And certainly, when you have an amazing talent like like Betty, who can hold it all and, and and while it gets crazy and as you saw in that clip you know they're talking about there's like germans outside and they're in this rock and there's a donut and like what well, the hell's you, going i was on? very surprised when you guys sent us that clip because that's like that's the most subdued of clips like <laughs> you guys they're in a bunker they're like at least like there's a one-on-one -on -one thing everything else goes everywhere else it, it really does but you need you know you need that focus so we were certainly 
influenced by things that we we love and and ways we love to tell stories you know anywhere from like Coen Brothers to Looney Tunes and sort of the show exists somewhere in between that mix if that's even possible but we just felt like AI stories have been told and certainly you know dystopic AI that wants to control us and you know um you think of 2001 or you think of, you know, The Matrix or Skynet. And we just thought, what if we just, we found sort of a lane that hasn't been explored yet. And here we are. Okay, well, Mrs. Davis, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with Betty Gelpin. She'll be in the limited series. So we're not going to talk about her right here. But we are going to talk about those who have a real shot. And you know what's interesting to me? Before we mention anybody from Succession, uh, let's mention, uh, <laughs> let's mention like the entire cast of Succession. Yeah, yeah. let's mention Reese Seahorn here, who is uh, refused, by the way, to push herself into the lead actress category. So because we're not going to talk about supporting, please let this be the year of her, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, because she had the, you know, the class not to category jump here and go into uh, what would have probably not been a winning strategy. Uh, but I well, love her. Let me ask you something. You know, we've talked a lot about this and, and we, we, we rail at them, but why does the Academy let people, why do they let people category jump? Why do they let shows do this? Like we, from the outside, whether or not you're in the industry or not, like it looks like a scam and a setup. It looks yeah. like people are just getting away with murder, for lack of a better word. You know, word. I used to be on the board of governors for six years, and we would get these kinds of appeals. Uh, I do remember one was Shameless, uh, and he wrote a very heartfelt letter, John Wells did, to the board saying, here are the reasons I now feel we're a comedy series and not a drama series. And you know what? It depends on the uh, sell job they do. And, and in that case, it was a very effective sales job. So they were able to do that. Ally McBeal did the same thing uh, years ago in switching categories and things like that. Uh, you know, uh, actors have done it, obviously, you know, over the years, too. Which brings me, I, I was talking about Reese Seahorn, who didn't push herself into lead. Mm -hmm. But guess who did? Sarah Snook from... Succession yeah. is no longer in supporting. We get to talk about her here as a lead actress. Is this a good right. move, Dominic? Well, I, th I mean, look, as much as, I, as much as I decry people doing this category, I think what Sarah Snook has done, what HBO have done here is acknowledge reality. I mean, she is the lead actress in Succession. I mean, otherwise, Succession is, is a boys club for the most part. Well, um, so I really think that you have to acknowledge that reality. And I guess this is what my problem with the category shopping is, which is it says to voters and to fans and to viewers, you're an idiot because we're going to tell you what you know isn't true, what you know isn't right. And we're going to tell you that that's what we're going to go with. And the Academy is going to institutionalize it and give it a stamp of approval by agreeing to it. So I think it is so often it's egregious. In the case of, of Ray, not egregious, honorable. In the case of Sarah, that's just the way it is, pal. She is the lead actress in this. So I think <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about who should be up for the, the, the lead actress um, in a drama nominations, it has to be Sarah Snow. It has to be, in my opinion, Carrie Russell. The Diplomat has been a big success for Netflix. It, right. ran a, it took a lot of risk. 
I, by the way, I have to say, like, if you look at Matthew Reese and, and Carrie Russell's household, if you think you're busy, they are busy people, right? <laughs> Their household is really busy. I think you yeah. have to look at Carrie. You have to look at Carrie. You have to acknowledge if you have a TV show that has Helen Mirren in it, Helen you Mirren got a nomination. Like yeah. that's just happening. So already yeah. you've got three that are pretty straightforward. She's, you know, she's never done a western before. This is the first time she's you know worked with a gun. You know, I mean, not you know. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure about that. Are you sure she hasn't had a gun in one of those fast? Well, she may have, but not in the west. You know, yeah, and nonetheless, so, she's done switch for Helen Mirren. I definitely yeah. would put her in there. You're inevitably going to put Imelda Staunton in, um, yeah. you know, uh, because and that's you're going to have this yellow jackets battle between M Melanie and Juliette Lewis. Like, you're going to have a battle here. Uh, well, this is Juliette Lewis, to not to ruin this for somebody, but this is their last shot with her. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mission ended, and it wasn't one of the kids that got the gig. No, um, you know, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, you're gonna see this with Yellow Jackets. You're gonna see, you know, Sophie. From, I mean, Yellow Jackets has about. I, I mean, honestly, twenty. I mean, honestly, if you start thinking about it, they may have four potential nominees here. I mean, this is a real problem. It's a it's a good problem to have. It's a it's an embarrassment of riches. This is what Succession's going to find over in the in the male categories. Um, so I think you're going to see some some real, you know, we're going to have to see how tight that cast is because some people are going to get left out and some people are going to get the nod, and it's going to be hard. But I think this category is it's it's pretty much there's a there's definitely a top five, and then there's a drop to everyone else, and that top five yeah. definitely has Sarah. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to shows, a couple of shows that they watch, and they're going to multi-nominate. And once again, Christine Baranski, who hasn't been nominated for The Good Fight ever, is going to get overlooked in her final year. And she's been so good. She deserves a nomination for all six seasons of that show, Absolutely. which I think is a great show. Yeah, I thought The Good Fight was one of my favorite shows of the past several years. And she has been far too often overlooked. But right now, Peter and I would like to give her a honorary TV talk award for her role, for all those seasons of The Good Fight, for all her years on The Good Wife, for all her years on, on, the, on stage and screen, one of the great actresses of our time. This is for you, Christine Baranski. All right, now let's look at lead actor. Um, and maybe we're going to have an effect for Christine Baranski, finally. If she gets nominated, uh, we want credit uh, for ah. that. Uh, <laughs> now, I think... This it's is really good, man. I'm not gonna this, pause. Uh, this lead okay. actor, lead okay, lead actor drama series, fascinating category. I think Kieran Culkin has made a strategic error in moving from supporting to the lead category. He was thinking, I am sure, that Brian Cox, who everyone knows was killed off in uh, episode three, was going to go in supporting or maybe even yeah. guest actor. And yeah. I think he positioned himself. I don't know who was advising him. I'm not going to mention you by name because I don't know your name. But here's the thing with Kieran Culkin. <laughs> now you've got three. You've got three from Succession in lead actor because Brian Cox, God bless him, I'm the lead in this show. I don't care how many episodes I was in. Uh, and uh, he is in lead actor. All that talk that he was going to drop, no, nah, you know, never happened. So, uh, and then, of course, Jeremy Strong, who won uh, uh, this the first year. And, yeah. um you know, against Brian Cox. They know this is the last shot for all of them. So what do you think? 
I, I think I think I don't know in this one. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, there's that you know that expression where you say like, well, my head tells me this and my heart tells me that. My head and my heart tell me that it's going to be Jeremy again because his Kendall Roy. I mean, it, it's a masterclass, and that's another overused expression. But people love Brian Cox, and people and and no one's going to deny that Kieran did a great job. I mean, is there a world in which the succession boys cancel each other out and somebody comes through the middle? I don't know. I mean, you do have Harrison Ford. I I think it's going to be Brian Cox because he may have only been in three and some flashbacks, but you know what? They were talking about this guy. Well, I mean, let's let's be completely honest. He was in two. I mean, I mean, within the first 10 minutes of the third one, he was gone. Okay, but you know what? They were, he was so present in the series yeah. that yeah. you think he, he was in more and uh and the fact he's in this category um will help him um i, mean, I would regard. love i would love to see i i mean i think odin kirk will get a nomination for the final episodes of better call Saul. i think jeff bridges will get an episode for the old man yeah they love jeff bridges. bridges you know and we all love i think brian cranston has a reasonable shot and a nomination he didn't get it last time for your honor he did not that got i know i know i know but i'm just saying because i'll come back to the 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 tried and true theory when when all discussions about award shows are had there is always what you taught me years ago and i always come back to it voters can be lazy and they can also have favorites and they are based on the people they know the names they know and well, you say, like you, Jeff Bridges is someone you can mention to like family members who are not in the industry, and they know who Jeff Bridges is. And Harrison you know, Ford, they know, they know these people. Harrison you know? Ford, we can mention Harrison again. Ford. You know, he's... when you have when you have you know candidates or or contenders like that, let's be clear. And you're putting on a television show that's going to have ratings, and people are going to want to watch. And we all know those ratings have kind of sucked over the past several years. You're right. going to want to put on some big names. Bob Odenkirk, come on, last yeah. shot. Better call Saul. Um, and let me also I mean, look, mention. I think, I, 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 look, I think Matthew Reese for Perry Mason. I think Gary Oldman for Slow Horses are magnificent candidates. And I really hope they get nominations. But, the, I mean, their talent as actors can never be denied. But there's yeah. a finite number here. And at some point, you got to cut off. And I just feel... The succession well, boys. The succession boys are going to fill this up, and well, it's going to be, it's not going to be a lot of a lot of pickings for anybody else. Let me throw out a maybe a controversial one. Golden Globe winner this year, Kevin Costner for Yellowstone. Last chance. Yeah, last but last chance, fancy pants. I mean, you know, we all know how that's <laughs> go- we all know how that's going down, and it ain't pretty. I, I mean, you okay. know. I- are we going to get a little diversity here? We have Pedro Pascal, The Last of Us, and Diego Luna in Andor. Is this going to be a history-making year for the first time since Jimmy Smith's, where we're going to see a Latino actor actually nominated here in the league? I mean, category? I think I, I think Diego, yes. Oh, well, no. I should augment that. Again, I come back to I'm a big believer in reality and math. The succession boys are going to dominate this, Right. But I right. think that Diego Luna in, 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 in Disney Plus's Andor put in an amazing performance. Um, you know, Rogue One was pretty great in that. And then he gave the prequel that really adds, that really makes you understand how this all works. 
Um, I'm just wondering. I don't know. I mean, Endor does. Endor is one of those shows that deserves a lot of notoriety and a lot of award consideration. It's just a really hard year when you've got something like Succession wrapping it up. And to find, it's about finding. You know, they say with presidential candidates or or governor candidates, it's about sometimes you've got a big primary uh, pool to draw from. And it's that candidate who can kind of sneak up the middle. They don't get more than 51% of the vote, but they get 37. And the other guy got 36 and one guy got 23. And they kind of get up there in the top two because they find a way through the path. It's a numbers it. game. It's a road. It's a, a roadmap to victory. All right. Does Diego deserve that? Yes. It, can that happen? I mean, Maybe. in theory, yes. Will it happen? Mm. We'll see. But I hope it does. We'll see. Does. We'll see soon enough. Anyway, uh, that's it for our drama. You got to wait a couple of uh, weeks. Uh, you got more voting to go, and then uh, in July we'll find out who gets nominated here. Yeah. Now remember, you remember all you people. Remember, there's some real dates here. Okay, so we have to talk about this. You know, nomination round of voting starts on June 15th. It goes to June 26th. The nominations will be announced on July 12th. The prime, the, the Creative Arts Emmys will be on September 9th and 10th. And then, of course, the primetime Emmys, the 75th annual. And I love 75 because that's a real that's a real date you can celebrate, right? It's not like 67th or something. 75 is a real thing. You're going to celebrate the 75th annual Primetime Emmy Awards. There may or may not still be a writer's strike on September uh, 18th, but either way, somebody's going to get nominated and somebody's going to win. We hope that we've got some of the names there. You, of course, will write in or, or, or tweet and say about how we don't know anything, okay. all of which we are fully willing to admit. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. That was my speech. Make sure you continue to listen to us week after week. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. And, of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. There's some breaking news in the bun there. Thank you for joining us. Talk soon.